Hello and welcome to the Member Caps Podcast, where we interview members of the Pokemon Trading Card Game community. My name is Rafal Gladys. Each week we'll be speaking with our guests about their background with the Pokemon TCG, how they got involved with the game, and give them an opportunity to share their love of the game. Today's guest is Mo Idis. Mo is a player from the Chicagoland area who is a member of the Nerd Rage Gaming Pokemon TCG team and is well on his way to a world's invite. Mo achieved his first big finish at Salt Lake City last year, finishing top 16 at the first regional since the pandemic. Since then, Mo has finished top 64 at Peoria and Fort Wayne and top 128 at EYC last month. How you doing, Mo? I'm pretty good, you know, it's... uh. For the major events, you know, on a back-to-back, even if it's not the best finish, it's still a finish. Um, so hopefully Milwaukee's going to be the third in a row. Definitely. And we also both just uh, managed to register for NAIC today, so we'll, we're both hopefully going to have some pretty decent runs there. We'll see how it goes in a couple months, right? Yeah, dude, I'm really stoked about it. Um, I'm two for two on getting my brother in, as well as myself, um, two years in a row, so... You know, we're pretty hyped on that. Nice. Um, if any of our listeners are just hearing your voice for the first time or meeting you for the first time, is there anything else you'd like them to know about you beyond um, the introduction? Um, you know, I just, I love playing Pokemon. It's, you know, just a lot easier to play Pokemon and, you know, sit down than to, like, run around and play sports. So, you know, I uh, congratulate anyone who's really good at playing sports, but, you know, I'll sit down and play some cards with people. Um, you know, I used to wear like a bright orange beanie at events, so it's a little hard to find me, but I'm usually just the guy like running around saying hi to everybody. Yeah. And you, you do have the, the NRG uh, jersey now, so it's like a black and orange jersey. So yeah, there's, there's a couple of you running around in those, right? Yeah. There's a little bit of a leak, but, um, you know, soon enough we'll have the NRG hoodies, the new ones, because the old ones were nice, but, uh, they're a little too tight on the body for me. And, uh, you know got some love weight going on so Mm -hmm. they're they're good for anyone who's like really fit to wear but you know hopefully the new ones don't uh stick as tight to the body so you know looking forward to those the whole team because some six packs you know yeah for real (laughs) most jacked pokemon tcg team we've ever seen yeah doing some p90x with uh greg smith there we go definitely um so i'll kind of gonna i'm just gonna kind of get started and ask you the question we ask all of our guests which is, what is your favorite card of all time, and why? Um, so, in Chicago, in the Chicagoland, like, a lot of people, for some reason, just think, like, all I play is, like, Stall or Control or Mill or whatever. Um, and that's just because, like, I loved playing those decks when they were, like, just inherently broken and, like, no one really texts for them. Um, to be fair, I will probably never play another Control deck unless it's just, like, super easy on the brain, um, and it makes for an easier day at a regional. So for that reason, my card, favorite card ever is actually Rowlet and Alolan Executor. Um, Rowlet's my favorite Pokemon, and that card is just so broken because, like, I love Stage 2 Pokemon. So getting Rillaboom out in play, like, turn 1 on your fir- second turn, um, or first turn going second, uh, it just felt so broken. Like, that whole deck and, like, the Tag Call engine is, like, that's just some of my favorite cards that I've ever played with. So, like it's either that card or it's just gonna be tag call that gets two tag team pokemon out so i would love those cards so much Mm. yeah i remember um right before the previous rotation like right before evolving skies came out um i remember you and i were testing uh and playing around a little bit with uh like the executor like rillaboom mewtwo deck a little bit um yeah which was a ton of fun 
and that's like not to say that it was like an amazing finish but it was like the first thing i did that was better than like you know winning a league cup or whatever um but i got top 16 in the players cup with it or like for na um and it was with rolling executor so i was just like super happy just to like play my favorite pokemon in that deck and like do better than you know average in it um and then i lost to dan hugar <laughs> on the winning in for top 16 in the world so it's like kind of sucks but you know at least it's a teammate so yeah i guess if there's anyone who's gonna to eliminate it. you at least it's someone you know right oh yeah i messaged him like if you don't win the event i'll be pissed off like and he didn't but i'm still super happy for him for making it that far um and like with that being said like that's my favorite deck ever um Raul executor it doesn't have to be like a specific version like there's one that played like heavy um not path to the peak but power plant it's the card that blocked rule boxes at the time and then it just played like double v which was like such a broken card um because it didn't get stopped by power plant but you could still tank it so it had like an effective 240 hp and then if you played cape of toughness with it or big charm you just had more hp yeah. and like oh it was just I, such so a tank. i knew we were missing something from that deck that i wasn't thinking yeah about. it was the delmias the big so anchor delmias v max oh no well delmias was later on yeah, but yeah, double yeah. V. i'm just thinking about yeah, when, like, when i played the deck with you uh we played the delmias yeah delmias was so broken with uh zarud v that heals all damage so like delmias never gets knocked out because with big charm um, it's at 360 HP, so, like, I mean, if something is knocking it out, it's, like, a fire type, um, and then, you know, so, like, people would never knock it out, and then you just, like, Melalana or just naturally retreat into your, uh, Zerud V, and then heal all the damage off your Delmize, and, like, it just eliminates, like, a whole turn from your opponent. It's, you know, like, playing Psychic Leap, uh, in your Mew deck, and then eliminating a turn from a Lost Box player or someone trying to two-shot you, or, like, you know, using Clap Stadium to get rid of the damaged Lugia, like, there's a lot of things in the Pokemon um, game that, like, you know, get reprinted, but in different ways, and, like, Delma is just, you know, it cleared a whole uh, turn of damage, so it was just so broken. Definitely. Yeah, I just I just remember um, you, I think you won a 1k uh, with that deck yeah. right before it rotated. I remember I, I bubbled out at ninth, and then you won the whole thing, so. <laughs> yeah, reset stamp power plant and uh, getting rid of everyone's energy on board was pretty insane, so it's just... I don't know, that deck, when it's set up, it was super broken. I feel like it would have been explored more if there were regionals, but, you know, with late nights only, like, or whatever online tournaments were at the time, um, I feel like it was underexplored, but, you know, Stefan Ivanov and Azul have played the decks, and, like, they enjoyed them. So it's, like, top players did play them. It's just, since there weren't regionals, I don't think people put as much time into the decks. Yeah, I, th I think back then the big thing was still Chill Series, which I have, a, like, a funny story about it. I remember when ptcg live got leaked that like the fusion strike packs were gonna have ptcg live written on it <laughs> i remember in like december of 2021 chill t like chill tcg finished their tournament series and they were like in preparation of ptcg live we're going to stop running tournaments and then the game wasn't out for another year and, yeah uh, little did we know and yeah the game's you know not the best right now let's yeah, say that yeah, you know yeah, if you try yeah. to queue into a game you're waiting but yeah, definitely some issues with the friends list, you know. But but, but we could rant about that all day. We we have Azul's uh, stream for that, right? Um, we don't need we don't need more of yeah, that. exactly. Where you wanna? <laughs> yeah, um, you can see all that for sure. Um, so I am curious because you're talking about like Rowlet being your favorite card, and and I know that you have not really played the actual Pokemon games very much. Like, I'm gonna assume like, did you get into the game kind of around the Sun and Moon era, and did you play like the Decidueye decks at those um, times? Am I kind of um, guessing wrongly here? Like, how did you first get involved with the game and, and get interested in um, Pokemon as a series? 
so I have not played many of the video games. I think the last one I actually played and finished, maybe with an action replay card, I don't really remember. My brother probably does. Um, is gonna be Soul Silver. Um, I think I beat like the first half of the game without an action replay, and then I was like, oh, I just want to walk through this wall, so like I did, and I used my action replay. So Soul Silver is the first or the last, the latest game that I've ever played. Um, so it's been quite a while. And then um, as for the card game, I got in because with my friends DeAndre Emmanuel. Um, we played Ultimate Frisbee together on our community college team. And then, like, there was one day that Emmanuel was just like, oh, I have these cards. And DeAndre had Pokemon cards as well. And so they were playing. And I was like, oh, you know, I work next to a Walgreens. Let me get a theme deck. So I bought the Steam Siege Hoopa theme deck, which I still have the Hoopa and, like, the coin. Like, it's, like, one of the only sentimental things I'll keep with me. Um, and I, like, bought that theme deck. It had the Hoopa that did, like... 20 damage to two things with hyperspace punch and then its second attack did like 120 um and so i i love that deck i modified it a little bit added an acrosmo gx in there because i pulled it from a burning shadows etb that was like my first product that i opened in a while or like since coming back to the game um because like as a kid everyone collects it um and like from there like we just all started playing and this was around the time of it was like post rotation sun and moon so like vs seeker wasn't in format anymore and um after that, like, I was just, like, watching all these Pokemon streams, and, like, I saw John Kettler play, um, you know, Decidueye Vileplume, and I was, like, oh, wow, Decidueye's pretty cool, and, like, I saw pictures of Rowlet, like, Rowlet's just so cute, so, like, I love Rowlet for that reason, and, like, since the deck was pretty good, I was just, like, oh, let me, like, pick up this deck and, like, see if I can get the cards for it, so I built, um, Decidueye Ninetales, the Alolan Ninetales that was water type, and I played that, and, like, that deck was just so fun, being able to, like, Spread damage, de-evolve with um Espeon EX or not EX. Yeah, right? Espeon yeah, EX? Yeah, that's Okay. Because okay. this is kind of Uppercase like, like EX, what was this though. format? Like the like was this like breakthrough to, to breakthrough like... to burning shadows. Yeah. And yeah, so like there's Vulcanian in the mix, but like with a water type, like you can maybe come back because like N was a card and we're gonna, you know, the reprint or kind of reprint with Iono and like so you can come back from like having weakness and like it's just so nice to be able to play like that. So with n was with n being in format like it was just it was so fun just being able to play the game you know for research for and uh it was like two or th i think like three or four rare candy like and, you know just playing the game was like it was super fun to get into the game at that time um and so like yeah i love Rowlet for that reason like it was the first competitive deck i've ever played was uh like decidueye nine tails but then like it's just the fact that like Rowlet's just so cute like my dice bag is uh a Rowlet as well, you know? So, like, if you see me at an event, that's the dice pack I'm using. You know, I love Rowlet so much. I like that. It, it, it is interesting to see how different people get into the game through for different reasons. And I think, like, one of my favorite things about the TCG is that people will get, like, attachments to characters that in the game you would not be usually using them like Rowlet, i mean Rowlet's like a starter so it's a bit of an exception um but i think all of us have like pokemon that we're very attached to that we like because like the card is good or the deck is good but it's not the the strength of a of the character on the card doesn't always necessarily translate to the strength of the thing in the game um you know what i mean like right now yeah. like everyone's using like the barrel engine for their decks everyone's like oh i love this barrel like the arts are great it's just like Barrel, barrel kind of sucks <laughs> in the game, you know. Like Bibarel yeah, Barrel like is like that's the TM, that's the TM dude. Like yeah. you know, you just load it up with Cut Surf, uh, whatever else is in Gen Four. I've never 
really played Diamond and Pearl, so yeah, Wouldn't yeah, exactly. Really know, but, but like, yeah, you know, it's you just, just have a generic rodent you catch. Like, it, there's not much to it, but everyone's like, it's 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 busted, you know. Yeah, we love Badoof. Like, everyone's a Badoof stand now, or I mean, they have been right. Like, shout out Will Post. Um, but everyone loves Badoof, and I've never really been a fan of them. Like, you know, one of those Pokemon that I just love because like a deck I played was probably like I would actually say Hoopa. Like, I got my first um cup top eight with it, and like to me that was like the first bit of glory. Like, I played a uh, Psychic Malamar back in the day with Forbidden Light. You know, Psychic Recharge. It's played in GLC now. That um Hoopa is probably never played, but played anymore. But it was played back in the day, and like I love that card. Um, so like I still have that one in my binder because like that got me my first cup top eight. Like I made top four losing to um it was Greninja with Shadow Stitching, you know, it was uh Greninja's Auric. Um but like I got my first top four with that and I was just like, Oh, I love this card, you know, but like beforehand I was like, I didn't even know Hoopa existed. Like there's so many Pokemon I don't know because I just I don't play video games. So if it's not a card, like I won't know that Pokemon. For sure. And, like, Hoopa also is kind of, like, an interesting example, because it's, like, in the game, like, I don't even know if you know this, but, like, in the games, Hoopa's, like, a, it's classified as, like, a mythical, like, you're not, it's not supposed to be very easily obtainable in the game, um, outside of, like, in-game events. Um, yeah, I But then in the TCG, Hoopa's been, like, a big deal. There's been so many good Hoopas. Yeah, there's, like, the Hoopa EX that searches, you know, it's, like, Adventure Discovery, but a basic, so it's, like, just super broken, um you know then like i don't think there's ever been a hoopa like the baby one or like the i don't know what it's called you know let's just say like the tiny one that's been played but you know there's like the hoopa um ex that just has that ability that's so broken searches three ex pokemon so it was an engine like back in the day um and i just i've never played at that time but you know it's i've seen like videos and like old vods of like pokemon being played and people are just like oh and he's using hoopa ex the ability to search out like Keldeo EX, Shaman EX, and uh, Seismitoad EX, and like you know, it was such a played Pokemon back in the day. But for me, I just loved it because like the one that could you know do twenty to two Pokemon and one twenty to your opponent's active after for the second attack, and I'm just like, oh, this is so broken. Wait, did you say there haven't been good baby Hoopas? Uh, I guess. Oh, Dude, Assault Kit! You literally that you played it. You got top sixteen with it. Hoopa? Assault? No, no, yeah. I mean, I mean, like the little Hoopa, like the oh, the, the little ver- not- oh, because there's like two different forms of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because you said baby, and I, I was like, and you said little. I'm like, do you mean like the like oh, non, like a non rule box? Like, there's been a bunch of good like busted. No, books. no, like like the little one, like the, oh, like literally like the little like the baby form of Hoopa. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what it's called. Yeah, I the, honestly uh, un- have no idea. The unbounded or no, the unbound one is the big one. So. Yeah, so like maybe it's yeah, like the bound one. I have. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, you know, it's like I'm terrible with Pokemon. Like even like Marshadow. Like when you said the there hasn't been a good little one, I was like, oh, is that like Let Loose? And wait, that's Marshadow. Like I'm terrible with Pokemon. Um, I thought Ducklet was the new starter from uh the new game Scarlet Violet, but it's not. That's uh Quacky or something like that. Quack. Um, okay, that. Yeah, I'm. I like I said, I don't know Pokemon. Uh, I barely know the attack names and stuff um i mean ducklet you know, like, ducklet is up. just a duck and so is honestly so is quaxley so i i, I yeah that, that like one i can thing. understand that one i understand they're like cousins you know Basically. they're both from wherever they're from um you know even a cup in a cup we kept this weekend um i told my opponent i was like oh i don't even know like abilities like i was playing lugia and i've gotten two day twos with it and i'm like oh yeah the archaeops ability is uh and i looked at my archaeops and i'm reading it um and then like i'm like oh yeah lugia's v-star 
ability is you know it's just it's a v star you don't really have to like know the names and i told him i was like well if i'm going to worlds you know i'm not going to need to know the name of an ability or attack or whatever because i'm going to point at my card and say like the first one or second one um and that's what i did at uic like i told every person i was like i'm sorry i only speak english so i don't really know you know other languages i apologize in advance everyone knew english thankfully that i versed um because you know people in europe know multiple languages but us, us uh, dirty americans you know we don't really know other languages but um yeah like i just point at my cards and i don't really read them because like i know what it does or like the gist of every card but i don't really care to memorize the names just because you can't say the wrong attack if you don't know either attack so that's I, less I, game I guess, players. I guess you're right. You could just say the the first <laughs> one. I guess I guess you make a good point there. Yeah. There there are some that I just like. I I do think that if like you ask me on the like I think maybe while I play it I might know it, but if you ask me on the spot I might. I might not. Yeah, know. I know techno blast. That's Mew, or that's uh the little the bench one. Genocide. Yeah, yeah, for sure. With that's with, with, with Mew, you yeah. kind of gotta know. You kind of gotta know. Um, yeah. It does feel like, like it's like. Attack. Yeah, I do think I know it as like a single move name, just called like Cross Fusion Techno Blast. Like it's just like one one smooth word for me, you know. Um, I will say like, not to not to brag. Um, I got you know you you were there at the cup this weekend. I got second place, um, and I played Sablezard, and I just realized I don't know. I don't think I know Charizard's attack name. Uh, it's like Flare Blitz or something, maybe is Combustion it? Blast. Is, is it? it? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I gotta look. <laughs> This is this uh, is the Pokemon quiz of the week. This is embarrassing. It is Combustion Blast. <laughs> okay. Okay. Com- okay. Oh, let's go. All right, you got it. Did you know its ability is yeah. called Excited Heart? I didn't know that. Yeah, now you do. It just it's the same as the Zapdos ability. That's what I say. Like, oh, I attack for less. For exactly. Drapion, you know. Um, summoning Stars Lugia. Off top, off the top of the dome, I know that one. That's true. Um, when I, I play uh, when I play Mew and I put like the Seal Stone, I just kind of like slap the Seal Stone. I just I just like V Star. Stop yeah, you couldn't tell me. You Stop. couldn't ask me what that was. Okay, yeah, you know, <laughs> it's yeah. half. It's a comp search, you know. Just like, I feel like you don't have to really know these things, but I mean, if it comes up in like trivia night, sure. For sure. But um, I mean, I played Palkia for a while, and I didn't know the attacks. I didn't know Palkia's attack, so I just like swing for knockout because it only has one attack. So like, usually the cards that are vanilla and they have like one ability one attack i'm just like i don't really need to know this thing because if i'm swinging with it i'm not using like tackle on my palkia v star i'm using the first attack um it's just like a tongue twister so it's subspace swell um and so like it's just so hard to like say like subspace swell for 240 or whatever so i just be like okay i'll swing for you know 240 or whatever or you know if someone has a v pokemon inactive and both bench are full i'm like that's definitely knockout you know no matter what ability you have uh, it could be a Duraludon or whatever. So I'm just like, oh yeah, swing for knockout. Um, I'm a terrible player when it comes to knowing the uh, names of things. So I know my supporters. I know the names of those, but past the, the attack names, I'm like terrible with. Um, yeah, even yeah, I, I think just about every deck I've played, I did not know the attack name. So I would just point at the card and say like attack one, two, or three, um, which is maybe not the best thing to do, but haven't had any game players yet regarding those i think we do need to just do some pokemon trivia now now that you're just exposing yourself like this please don't (laughs) (laughs) i mean maybe down the line we'll do like you know donate five dollars to a charity for each question i get right and then like you know one dollar for or you know like two for each one i get wrong so we still donate but uh 
you know, I'll, I'll do my best to study up on it. For sure. Terrible we'll do some it. Pokemon. We'll do some Pokemon Jeopardy. Um, we'll we'll get we'll get that figured out. That might be a lot of fun sometime. Yeah. Um, <laughs> now, uh, getting back into kind of your history as a player, um, from kind of like finding out about the game and just kind of playing theme decks and stuff like that. Like, what? Um, like, how were you able to, to grow as a player? Especially, like, now that I've kind of realized that, like, you really haven't played for... You've played for maybe five or... I guess six years now? Five uh, or six years now, right? Yeah, my first actual event was... So I started playing in October of 2017. Um, That's when I bought, like, my first theme deck. That's when I learned how to play. My first event ever was New Year's Day 2018. And I played Waylord EX, so, like, a stall deck without beaches. Um, and Tropical Beach is like a necessity in that deck, you know, and I, my list was so terrible. I went one, two, three at my first league cup. Um, three times. And it was just like, well, one of them was the Wailer Mirror. Mm. One of them was uh, Landers EX, like Buzzwold EX, Fighting Dudes. Um, and then I don't know the other one, the other tie. It might have been Archis Toys. It might have been Andy Weiss. No, I think he beat me. I don't know. <laughs> To be honest, I don't really remember much. I just remember the mirror and like I could have won because I played a Shauna, but I also played one Lusamine, so I couldn't Lusamine for Lusamine and get the loop going. I only played one Shauna, um, and like one Gladian because like I thought like oh these cards are not that good. You can't get Lusamine off Lusamine. I didn't know about the loop, um, but yeah, I played no beaches, so that was a little rough. But yeah, so that was my first league cup, and then from there like I went to other events. So like the first like two years i was playing i was just like oh this is fun like i want to get like a league cup top top eight you know i want to get a league challenge win like i didn't get my first league challenge win until 2019 2020 season you know before it got cut short by covid um i got my first win with relic alone executor um and that was an expanded i played relic alone executor with vile plume the burning shadows one and the item lock one but i also played the vikavolt engine because rel boom wasn't out yet so with the vikavolt um, I think it's strong charge ability. You get one grass energy, one lightning energy from your deck and attach it. And I think anyway, like, or just a one Pokemon, but, um, yeah. So you could just like start swinging with the Rillaboom or not Rillaboom, the Rillaboom executor pretty quick. Um, and I did that one, my first league challenge, it was pretty cool. So like, I was like, oh man, this is the year. Like, you know, I got my first dub. Um, I've won like locals and stuff before that, but I was just like, this is like, this is the year that I'm going to win CP events. Uh, I was humbled real quick but so i didn't get my invite that year uh even after coming back from covid but like i did get like my first league cup win um and that was with uh like nagquag it's just like an energy accelerating deck that like plays a bunch of pokemon that are cool attackers you know and so i put a Wailord uh magikarp tag team which is like another pokemon i like um like the magikarp willard tech team i just like willard so i played that you know got the gx attack off a lot it's like towering splash you know if you have i think like eight energy attached to your willard magikarp you can do like 100 damage to each bench pokemon like yeah i was taking names that day it was just so fun to just be like okay 100 on everything um and it was pretty good in a format that had like malamar the energy accelerating one that had 90 hp and if they bench like two or three of them plus like their attackers, I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm knocking out your whole bunch. Um, there were a couple board wipes that day. Um, and then from there, you know, I just played a couple other events. Uh I won the Collinsville like regional league cup. So then I won that with a stall. 
Um, so, I mean, I played a couple of stall decks in the past. Um, got second to a couple of Pidgey control. So, like, there were a couple of control stally decks. And so I could see why people assume I play those now. But, like, I probably won't ever play those. And, you know, from that, like, we got into quarantine. And I was just like, okay, well, there goes Pokemon, you know. Maybe I'll go for an invite if things come back. And then, um, you know, over the uh, time of quarantine, like, I was just like, okay, let me play all these decks, you know, got into different uh, types of decks and like start building and then relevant executor. And then um, it was just like experienced a lot more things than just like, I'm going to play one deck, lock into it. I was just like, let me, you know, broaden my horizon. And then we came back from quarantine. The first uh, regional after that was the Salt Lake City Regional Championship. And then with that, I played, Um, it was like an Inteleon glaring moltres deck with like a bunch of dark attackers and like you just you know get your resources back by using like clara or like you know raihan to accelerate energy again and you just build up these giant hands because you're playing the inteleon engine to search out trainer cards and i played that and like that deck was just so much fun because like i knew it like the back of my hand um and i played countless games with that archetype so like i probably played like over well over a thousand games with it um whether it was like the wheezing version or like the just you know pure attackers um it was a super fun deck so i really enjoyed that and like i got top 16 and like i was just like wow like i can do this you know i can get my invite and i was calculating it out and i was like i just need to get like you know top 16 at another event and then get top 256 and then like top 64 and i'm just like thinking you know i'm getting a little too ahead of myself because like it was the first event back um and i didn't day two again that year or that season so i was uh humbled uh very quickly so yeah i'm pretty glad that it happened like that because like i wouldn't want to get too ahead of myself and then i got like you know i would hate to just get like super cocky and then just to be like oh wow look see i got another top or something um and so no one's happy that they scrub out but like i'm pretty happy that it happened because like now it's just like a humbling experience um and so I would say, like, this year is, like, the first one that I'm, like, going for the invite, planning it out, you know, keeping a level head. Um, and I'm only 120 points away, which is not amazing, but it's not terrible. So I just need, like, you know, top 64 at, or not top 64, top 256 at, like, two regionals and top 512 at NASC, which is incredibly doable. Um, you know, I have three day twos this year, so hopefully get another one, go a little deeper in the tournament. Um, you know, I have two regionals and an IC to do it. So I think it's, you know, very, very doable. Yeah. I mean, so you just could gotta also keep like, a level head and test a lot. You could like top eight a cup and then just like get day two at NAIC, which like isn't necessarily easy, but like it's very, it's realistic, you know? Like I think that's like very much possible, right? Yeah. It's definitely very very doable i think like as long as you just test a lot and play a deck that's going to allow you to play most of your games you should be fine like the last couple of events i've just been playing like cookie cutter decks outside of the ones that i did bad at the ones i did bad at i played like tech teched out decks but the ones i did good at you know i got um top 64 at peoria with like a pretty cookie cutter palkia inteleon list i got top 64 at fort wayne but we put a ditto v max that was like the spicy include but it was Outside of that, it was a pretty consistent deck. We played a Burnett. We played, you know, just our four ofs. Um, and then at UIC, I played just like a really, really basic Lugia deck. So, like, 
I just wanted to always be able to play my games. Yeah, I think that that's kind of the thing I wanted to go into a little bit, like your your choices behind your decks, because you you mentioned the thing about you you being sort of perceived as like a controlly stally player um, a few years back. When I first met you, I was getting back into the game around 2019. So I, you know, you saying that like you really hadn't had any real even like big local finishes until that point like it's interesting for me because i think i got in right as you were getting those finishes so i was just under the impression of like oh this guy's just like is good he's like been this good not that he's yeah, like jokes become on you. this good you know <laughs> um so i just like had this kind of i think i just had kind of had this had this impression um and yeah like i i i mostly just saw you play like the pidgeotto control decks so i was just like the impression I had, I was like, oh, this is like the kind of, uh, this guy likes making other players' lives difficult. Like, this guy plays, like, very difficult decks, you know, because that deck required, like, especially in 30-minute uh, rounds, required, like, some level of speed, even after you were able to start milling with Belba Riceman, uh, like, the next set after that deck came, like, kind of got put together. You know, so I, I definitely kind of had that kind of association with you, and then I know you sort of... Um, really heavily stuck with like the the Inteleon kind of counter box single prizer deck for like the better part of of last year um so I, I guess I am wondering like what eventually kind of changed your mentality behind your your deck choices like you know what makes you choose the decks you play and what helped you kind of switch off from being like a guy who like has like that one deck he plays that he sticks with that sometimes is like the one trick overly yeah. difficult um <laughs> you know um to just kind of playing like you said like i mean if, i mean just looking at your euic list yeah like it's basically like the most standard Lugia list you could think of and it, it worked right like what um what changed in your mentality of choosing your deck and the way you play so back then when i was playing like control decks um it all started with like certain stall decks like the hoopa regigigas decks like they were just so broken for people that were not prepared and i was a super big fan of playing decks where like you punished your opponent for not being prepared but now how it is is like okay well you're not going to verse azul you're not going to verse you know the top players they're not going to be prepared because the good thing about certain players is that they can come up with a game plan on the fly and that only makes it worse for you so i was like okay well i need to give myself another like edge maybe i should just play the best deck because it's the best deck for a reason um so i stopped playing these control decks but like with that was with like the stall deck i was just like okay i need to play something else and then like i tried other things you know i tried like the malamar spread deck that was like probably tier one at the time um i tried like Pikaram. i tried whatever it was just because i was like i need to start playing the best decks and then Pidgey came out, and I was like, oh, this deck's really cool, but I'll wait until next set with Bellabub Racing Man so you can speed up your win condition in best of one. And then once that came out, I was just like, oh, this is like butter in my hands, you know? Like, this deck's so good. Um, And I just played an insane amount of it. I played it at every Locals, every League Cup, every League Challenge. And I was like, wow, if there's a regional in this format, I feel like I could do real well. Um, And then I just couldn't go to the one in California at the time just because it was too far but like look at me now you know traveling anywhere not as much as some of these seniors and juniors that are paid to play but uh you know in my opinion i'm traveling way more than i did in the past so i'm pretty happy um but yeah so like with pidgey i was just like wow this deck's insane but looking back at that format i would just play mewtwo and mew gx because it was the best deck like pidgey i don't i don't know if you want to argue with me on it like i think pidgey lost to it but i've 
spoken with like i caterpie like alessandro camascoli and he told me that matchup was free and i was like no it's not dude you know so there's uh still some audio messages in our chat that he's telling me like giraffe rig's broken you don't play it and i was like maybe i should so you know friendly banter there but um now it's just looking at it like that deck felt like butter in my hands because no one was really prepared but also it's just you put your opponent on the clock and like if they take prizes you can hand lock them but you know after that there wasn't like a deck that was like that broken like i just feel like every control deck is just for people who are like trying super hard to win like sander i don't think we'll ever play an attacking deck because he like loves control he wants to make the game like you know it's like a puzzle for him where he's figuring out how to win but for me it's just like I could just play the BDIF and, you know, chances are if I play correctly, I'll make day two or, you know, I'll get some points or just like overall have like a positive record because like, you know, it's the best deck for a reason. I think so many people put the thought in their heads that like, I need to beat a deck because this is the best deck and oh my God, everyone's going to test against it. But it's like, if it still is the best deck after people are teching for it and versing it and testing against it, there is a reason why it's the best deck. It is not because... No one's checking for it that weekend. There's people playing against Lugia a thousand games and they're like, oh, I know the matchup. But then they still lose to it because Lugia is so broken. At least speaking for last format. This format, Lugia is still good. It's just not as good as it was last format. Um, It's not as consistent in like the, you know, amount of damage you can do or the amount of knockouts you can take. It's definitely a little lower. Um, But like still, Lugia is just such a powerhouse. So like... I just told myself, why am I not playing these decks? Like, I'm playing, you know, Reggie's or Vikaful, and, like, they're good decks, just not all the time, but Lugia's, on average, is just going to be such a good deck. Um, so I just told myself, like, I'm going to start playing these meta decks. Um, you know, I played Palkia in Baltimore, and some unfortunate things happened. I had some unwanted ties. I ended up, like, 4-1-3, um, and I think, like, all three of those ties would have been wins, which is kind of sad, but, you know, it would have made for a different tournament. Um, and then, like, I played Palky at Peoria, and I was just like, wow, this deck's so broken, like, you can play every game, or at least for the most part, and, like, it felt good to be, have a solid game plan with all these, the best decks in format. Um, and so I just started playing, like, Lugia, Palkia, whatever it may be, I'll just, I'll try the best deck now, before I play something else. Um, but the only time that I played something and did real well with it that was not the best deck in format was, like, this inteleon dark box like counter box deck um and that's what i got 16th with at salt lake city and that's just because i played so many games with that deck and i feel like it wasn't respected enough going into that tournament where like at salt lake no one played dunsparce in their rcs deck so like the glaring zapdos i had took knockouts um you know it also worked in like the single strike matchup because like zapdos knocked out a gengar v max or you know did a lot of damage to an umbreon v max uh, urshi v v or v max um you know so like you're just doing a ton of damage with this card and like i felt like i utilized everything correctly um and that's why i did so well but i mean from here on out i'm probably just gonna play like the best deck in format or the most consistent deck just to guarantee some points for like a day two because like i'm going for my invite trying to get to japan because like you know i don't want to just play some random deck not get any points and be like wow i should just play lugia for sure, yeah. Like the the, wor the worst thing is to like play a deck and then just like regret your decision, right? Like, um, and and obviously that's gonna happen yeah. inevitably to all of us. But you'd rather have that happen less often than you need to, right? Yeah, I'll play whatever random jank. Like if I'm trying to like go far into an event, 
after I secure my invite. <laughs> but for now, I'm just like, I've thrown away too many regionals and, you know, thrown too much money at the game to not get some points out of it. Yeah, and I, and I think that's, like, an interesting, like, thing that often gets brought up when people are asking, like, big-name players about, you know, what should I play for an event, right? And there's kind of the difference in mentality between what do I play to win the event versus what do I play for points, right? Like, I don't know if, like, like when thinking about, like, your Lugia deck at EUIC, I don't know if your Lugia deck, which I think, like, the average player could kind of look at and probably guess 58 cards of it, right, can necessarily win the tournament. Because when we look at the Lugia list that did well, we had, like, the ones with, like, 2-2 Duraludon, right, making, uh, making top 8, right? But on the other hand, like, the fact that your deck is reliable and it just kind of does its job maximizes your odds for for getting those points right like the odds that you hit um you know kind of to kind of keep the lugia trend going you were talking about how you, there was a point last format where you played like reggie's where you played um you played vicable at one regional <laughs> right and like two you know yeah <laughs> so like, and like, like the the odds <laughs> that you play vicavolt which like can win you the tournament if you hit the right matchups, but then lose you the tournament if you hit like a couple like Gudras, right? Um, yeah, I hit three Arceus decks at Arlington, and those were just like auto losses at the time. Yeah. On the other hand, like how often if you're playing in last format playing Lugia yourself, like you're probably not going to hit three like Eternatus or Vicavolt decks or Aerodactyl decks in a row, right? So like, yeah, just your your odds of even if it's the best deck, like. Like you said, it's the best deck for a reason because not a lot of things counter it, and the stuff that counters it loses to a lot of other stuff. So, like inevitably, um, you are probably more likely going to have pretty good finishes as you play the more consistent stuff. Exactly, yeah. Um, and this is something that came up. Like, I got coaching from Henry Brand because I told myself like I might not need coaching for like gameplay, but I need it for like you know the mental or getting myself ready for a regional. And so I I messaged Henry on Twitter. It might have been, like, Twitter or something else. Point being, like, I messaged him. I was like, hey, man, like, I don't think I need to know how to sequence correctly, but I, I do know that I need help with, like, getting ready for a regional, getting my mental ready, and, you know, just overall preparing my deck to be, like, the best one for me at an event. And he was just such a big help. He gave me notes on, you know, back in the day, it was, like, with Palkia, V-Star, and Teleon. Um, he gave me notes on, like, the Reggie matchup or other certain things that he found in his testing, and I'm like if this is a guy who's getting paid to play Pokemon from other people, like he's going to, you know, he's not going to BS you and tell you like, um, I mean, it depends on the board state because a lot of people will say that, but he gave me his notes and said like, just in case, because like, yes, a lot of things depend on the board state, but you know, he was just such a huge help with like multiple, multiple matchups, asking me what I'm not confident in, um, helping me get my 60 cards together. And like, I think we played the same 60 or 59 at Peoria, yeah, and this is after yeah, we both yeah. got help from him. Yeah, so like that deck felt really insane. I know you hit some uh bad sides of variance, but like you know, it was just like with his help, like we both felt pretty confident going into it. And like, you know, um he definitely helped so much and that's how I got like you know, with some local people too, like, you know, Dana Barrow is like such a big help. He's one of my testing partners. But like, you know, I was just like, Okay, I need to have some like eyes or like a new set of eyes, so, you know, message Henry, and, like, that was such a huge help, it was really worth it, getting some coaching from him, like, going forward, you know, I don't know if I necessarily would need the coaching, everyone can use it, and it's helpful to everyone, but it's just a matter of, like, 
at the time when I needed it, I used it and I was just like, you know, it's it's something I will never regret. Like it's only ever helped me, which is really good. Yeah, and I, and I think that's a pretty consistent piece of advice that I hear from players when I interview them and I ask them, you know, if, if anyone's looking to improve as a player, um, you know, what's your suggestion? And a lot of the time it's, you know, talk to people who are better than you, listen to other players who, you know, play different decks than you that have different perspectives than you on how to play the game and how to metagame and how to build decks, you know, just like, even if you don't necessarily agree with them, um, at least like hear their perspectives so that you can then approach the game differently. And, you know, like, like you said, with, with Henry Brand, like, you're not necessarily like, in his circle, because he's in Australia, pretty far away. Um, but sometimes that like, you know, whatever amount of money it is for that, like hour of coaching, just to like, be able to like, hear about the game the way he does for an hour can be very valuable like that is information sometimes worth paying for yeah most definitely like um you know you're a teacher off so like you know about it but i'm also pursuing uh, a degree in education and like so for me a really big thing is like it's a person thinking while they're playing or how does a person learn and so i've spoken to many people who play you know Yu-Gi-Oh, magic the gathering Pokemon who are just way better than me. Danabara has a history playing Yu-Gi-Oh at a competitive level, but also plays other card games. And that's because he's just like, he has a nice uh, skill set when it comes to like actually exercising himself like mentally for like, okay, th I'm going to a tournament. This is what I'm playing. This is what I can do in my game with this hand. Um, one of his friends, Marcus Hayden, gave me like really good advice and said like, before you do your turn, think about what you want to get done with your turn. Or like what you want to do in your turn and then like look at your hand you know when you're searching your deck see that you have the pieces to do it and then execute that game plan you don't need to play a supporter if all you wanted to do this turn was attach pass like because okay what if your opponent disrupts your hand and you have one less supporter because you played cards that you didn't need to play this is not every single turn that it's that clear cut but like you know that advice from marcus really helped as well as like you know dan uh constantly gives me advice with the game you know because he has years and years and years on me um so it's just like speaking to people who know the game better at least know like certain games better like you know if you're talking about resource management you don't just have to talk to a pokemon player you can talk to someone who plays any other card game because card games do have resource management you know depending on the thing not every card game is going to be you know draw plays sycamore draw seven um it's going to be okay how do i conserve mana or energy and then in order to achieve just achieve this goal so like it's really huge to just get like game knowledge from anyone honestly as long as they're like they know what they're talking about you know you don't want to talk to a toddler who just started playing the game and say like okay uh how do i build my board to be like super strong and like my opponent can't break through and like knock out my active or whatever you know you're going to talk to someone who has like experience playing games you know you can learn from anyone it's just a matter of like if they do have the experience with it and like you know test it out it doesn't just have to be a pokemon player like i've learned from countless different players and i've tried to play other games to you know better my card game knowledge definitely and i think that that piece of advice you gave is like i think incredibly valuable especially like in the state of the game right now where like i mean it's it's a little bit slower since rotation but the game does move incredibly quickly and we do have a lot of decks right now where um I think more than previously, where resource management is very important. 
right? Like, and especially like with cards like Iono coming out where, you know, certain cards will go to the bottom of your deck, thing like you're gonna have to thin your deck a little bit differently, like thinking about how that's gonna affect you in the long term. We have decks like Gardevoir where, you know, I like as someone who, you know, the, my first few games with Gardevoir, there were instances where I would like nearly deck myself out or I would just burn all of my energy, like discard every energy I found. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> well, now I uh, can really just easily get bossed up and lose the game, right? Like those are like mistakes you make early because you're just like, you know, oh, well, it's it's like the, well, we don't have PTCG uh, O anymore, but like it's like the PTCGO, like the like the glowing card syndrome, right? Where it's just like, well, like, yeah. I, I haven't used refinement this turn, so like, why not? Or <laughs> I haven't like, played research this turn. I have four cards in deck. Ooh, yeah, exactly. But it's glowing. For sure. And then like, like as like a Mew player, like I think like a big skill to learn is like, well, do I just keep genesecting? Like, obviously, I could, like, Ultra Ball these two tablets in a, or, like, a Cramorant, like, just to keep drawing. But, like, if I'm set for next turn, I'm set for next turn, right? Like, that's a... Yeah. Like, and then, obviously, the I think the biggest example right now of that, obviously, is, like, playing Lost Box. Um, you know, like, especially, like, early on in the game, it's like, well, is my goal this turn to get to four and hit with Cramorant? Or is my goal this turn to get to, like, six or seven so I can Sableye next turn? Because... Sometimes you get to that six or seven, and then you realize that you've uh, got a little bit too hard with the switch cards, and now you can't cram rant anymore, right? Because you just got yeah, a little exactly. Bit you banished a cram rant and a Clara. Like, oh, my opponent knocked out my cram rant. Well, I don't have another one. Uh, Sableye, it is, but it's not the time to Sableye. Like, you're getting too ahead of yourself for sure. Like, if you have Comfy Active, chances are you're using it, but you don't have to switch into the other one. Definitely. And, and you know, not having scoop-up nets is also a thing that's kind of affected that. I think we got so used to getting what we wanted. You know, with scoop-up net, you can comfy whenever you want. You can get something off the board when you want. You can, you know, with the Inteleon engine also, I think, spoiled us quite a bit. As, you know, like you said, we, we were, both, were both Palkia players. We both played it at Peoria. Um, I think as players, we got very spoiled to getting what we wanted, you know? And now we're at a point where... You know, you, you can't always get to what you want. You kind of got to draw into it with certain decks. And um, there are consequences for trying a little bit too hard to draw into it. And you have to learn to be able to play around what's happening in the game. Yeah, it's it makes it so that, like, you have to be a little more skillful with your decisions. But at the same time, resource management's pretty big. Like, I've been playing a ton of Guardi. Like, that's the only deck that I've been playing and testing. Just like, someone wants to play Guardi, okay, play me in the Guardi mirror. If they want to play Lugia, sure, I'll play Guardi against you. Like, it's just such a fun deck to me. But like, also, I feel like I've been getting pretty good at the resource management for that deck. So like, I won't deck myself out anymore. I will always keep one energy in case I have Greninja on bench or Manaphy on bench. But additionally, like, knowing that I have access to one more Gust or I have access to Palpad, like it's really just helped me out because like for Lost Zone, you know, my big thing is like once I banish a card or like Lost Zone it, like it's gone forever. And I'm like, I don't know if I could do that with myself because I'll, you know, I'll kick myself and be like, why did I get rid of this one energy turn one when I have five of it? Oh, well, what do you know? I prized one. I, you know, had one in hand already. I discarded it with Greninja or whatever it may be. Um, so I don't know if I'm uh, ready for Lost Zone. It's just one of those decks that I've never really enjoyed playing. But like for Guardi though, I love that deck so much. It's super fun. Probably playing it at my league challenge tomorrow. Good luck with the league challenge, by the way. <laughs> yeah, let's we hope I get this fifteen get CP. Points. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> go get that get that four zero going right. 
that's one less top six top 256 i needed a regional if i get it so yeah there you go there you go while we're kind of on the topic of you know some of your your recent tournament runs and the decisions you're making um and then also talking a little bit about where the the game is going in terms of the the complexity of the game, the way we have to play certain decks. Um, does it give you kind of memories of any particular season you've played in the past or any deck you've played in the past? Like, do you have any um, lessons from previous seasons as a slightly not not older player than me, as a but uh, someone who's played <laughs> a little bit longer than me? Um, a little more experienced. Yeah, yeah. A, little, a more experienced player than me. Um, kind of. Uh, lessons from uh from a few years back um that you kind of see being relevant again in terms of decks you've played formats you've played uh events you've gone to anything kind of um coming to mind uh this last season yeah so i would say the most memorable tournament it's tied between like salt lake city the first one after covid and then like peoria this this season um the reason why salt lake is so memorable is just because like this was my first time flying alone. Like the only time I've ever flown or traveled was like with my family. And so it was my first time going anywhere outside of like, you know, Chicago land area alone. Um, and so I flew to Salt Lake city and like, it was just gorgeous over there and it was super nice. I did some sightseeing with um, my friend, Adrian, my teammate, Dan Hugar, um, as well as Eli Greenfeld. And so like, we were just around there and it was just, it was so gorgeous there, like seeing the mountains and everything. Um, so it was nice little it was a reminder like you know i am playing this card game but i'm also just like i'm traveling around to play it so i get to see everything else um and that was it like you know getting top 16 like i'm really happy for the placement that i got but the best part of the weekend was just like walking around seeing everything like seeing people that i met for the first time um because like you know it was my first time meeting meeting like a lot of players from the west coast um or like seeing people that i haven't seen in years because like it was a little more emotional for that reason. Um, and I will always remember it for that. And then, like, I will say probably my favorite tournament that I've ever played. I don't know. There were so many. Like, you know, it was amazing being in London. But, like, tournament-wise, it was my favorite one would probably be the Peoria Regional Championship. Um, I didn't do too hot, just top 64. But, like, the best part about that was that, like, I was there with my brother. And he also got his first day two that he so like he only has one day two and it's at peoria and so like it just meant so much that like you know my brother who is so busy with pharmacy school and like you know he barely plays the game like he got a day two in this game and i was just like i was there to experience that with him because like he wasn't there for my first day two being the top 16 but like i was there for his and like even though he's older than me but he's just busy so he doesn't have time to play the game like seeing him get day two was just it was so awesome like you know um i just like he ID'd his way into day two and I was like on the winning end. So like, you know, I was just, I was so happy for him because he got paired against a local Fred Singer um, on the last round they ID'd. And so I was like, oh, that's awesome. You're in day two. I got to win my winning in um, because I tied round seven. So I was four, two, one at that point. And then like round eight, I hit the Palkia mirror. You know, I'm playing oh, five, five, two, playing... One, I think you mean. No, I was four, two, one round seven after I tied because um round eight. I oh yeah, because it was nine mirror. rounds. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. I hit <laughs> <laughs> it was not as easy for me um so i hit the palkia mirror and i played four vip he played one and so like i got a really hot start game one because i just saw my basics and like he was breaking a little bit and like game two you know he finds his one vip when he starts and then i'm breaking so then like i scoop up go to game three and then i open three vip and i was just like this is insane but like 
this isn't the end of it you know this is round eight not round nine um and so i'm playing it out and i'm just like oh my god like you know i got there like you know five two one let's go this is awesome and then round nine i get paired up against palkia kiram which like not to say that it was an auto one but it was a very favorable matchup for palkia just because they always have two prizers in play and you can kind of play around the kiram or like damage it a little bit and then clean it up later so i was just i was so happy you know once i won that it was like it was just such a special experience for me because like my brother and i got a day two together and you know hopefully that happens in milwaukee as well as any isc um because he's also registered for those but like it was just such a special regional for that reason um my teammate eli also got his first day two that event so like overall that weekend was just full of emotions and i was just super happy um and like you know every single event that someone gets day two for the first time it's like it's always nice to congratulate someone and say like welcome to the club i'm no one who has like i'm not someone who has a million day twos but i still think it's so special to experience someone's first day two with them um you know knoxville regional my friend or both of our friends paul giza you know he got his first day two um so you know it's just another chicagoland player who got their day two and like at the end of the day like that's what the game's about to me like just experiencing things with people instead of like you know saying like oh i didn't do too hot but like if i see someone else that's happy like it makes the regional a lot better definitely and i and i think the the thing i'm noticing here with what you're saying is like the the big thing that that you seem to be focusing on when we're talking about like the the tournaments that you like are reflecting on the most at the uh, you know now that we're kind of reaching like the peak of this season um is not necessarily like your biggest finishes but like you know the best memories right like pokemon isn't just about like playing this card game that we all enjoy so much but about like the friendships we make the connections we make um you know the the community the friends along the way exactly yeah yeah not to be too cheesy right? yeah um but i just like noticed that like trend like at no point where you just like oh like because i had this like big win or like it was my best finish ever it was like a lot of it was you talking about um you know the the time you're able to spend with people um and the experiences yeah, the shared share joy with, with others like as cliche as it is like the best part about a tournament is seeing the friends like you know unless i win worlds like i i'm sorry but i would be like okay you guys can uh, move to the side like only take a picture with the trophy um <laughs> but like realistically it's just like i travel to these events with people and i feel like it happens as i travel more for the game because like if i'm just going to like a league cup alone and i'm driving myself like i wouldn't really care what happens that day as long as i do well and get some cp but if i'm traveling with my friends and we're there all day and like you know oh this person gets their first top eight at a league cup like it means so much more to me because i was there to experience someone's first top eight or you know seeing them hit the goals that they never hit before um i've asked my local chat like for uh tgs tinley park like i've asked them like hey what are you guys' goals with the game because like if i can help you guys get there i want to help you guys get there um you know dan dan Abara and i um colin Merley matthews so like we always try to help the tgs squad because like that's all of our local game stores like um we're over there you know we're all sponsored by different shops dan sponsored by tgs colin sponsored by topka i'm sponsored by nrg but like we're all going to tgs because it's like the closest one to us and like anyone over there is like you know they're all they all hold a special place in my heart because like i want to see everyone do well um not a lot of them have gotten a day two yet but it's like you know there's still two tournaments left in the year that they can go to milwaukee and naic you know there's multiple tournaments next year um, but it's just a matter of like 
helping someone get to the reach their goals because like I might not be Henry Brand where I can coach all these people, but I can definitely help like a local player get top eight, you know, or like win a challenge, top a challenge because like you don't have to win a regional to reach your goals. Yeah, your goal should be to like whenever event you go to, but um, you know, it's still an enjoyable experience if you don't win the event. Um, uh, another thing for me is just like, you know, helping the players who are not ex as experienced as like, um, there's a kid in our area, Nathan, who his dad has played wow cards and he was like super good at it. You know, he was, you know, him and his testing partner were like the top of the game. Like his testing partner won worlds a couple times. He was like the tour or Jason K of that game, but he was like the best player. Like there was no doubt. And then, uh, his name is Matt. He was like, he's Nathan's dad. He's also, he was just like such a good player at the game, such a good deck builder. And so like seeing him play this, I'm just like, wow, like, okay, this guy helps the community and like, you know, he's helping his kid do well. And, you know, his kid won the Peoria regional and the juniors division, but his kid's like cracked, you know, he's only going to ever do great. Um, hopefully he just like continues playing this game and being a part of the community. But like, Matt's also one of those guys who like, oh, you need this Irida foil that's like a couple bucks. Okay, he'll just give it to you. And it's not to say like he'll just throw money away, but it's a matter of like he'll just tell people like, okay, but if someone needs a card and you have an extra of it, give it to them. Um, pay it forward. He's super big on that, and he's like just such a good person for the community. And like I've traveled with him to a couple events, and it's like we always just try to do our part in the community and like help others that need it because like I might not be able to, you know. Uh, fly everyone out to a regional but i would be able to like give someone some, some advice on a deck that i've been playing or you know help them if they need uh to know the lugia mu matchup or whatever it may be so like if i can do my part to help others i'm like oh yeah i'll most definitely do that um it being a part of like the chicago land area like i'm just super proud to be from chicago because a lot of the players here have been doing an amazing job this year for sure. And honestly, shout out to Matt because he gave me a Nutrigrain bar be before top eight <laughs> over the weekend, uh, which I can, I can definitely attribute to my to my run, you know, like he he is just like the ultimate pokey dad. Like I was I very much appreciated him. Um, and he was first yeah. seed going into cut like the dude is also so good at cards like it's. Oh, awesome yeah, to he's see it. amazing at cards. I will say, though, um, Andrew Hedrick won two regionals this year and in SPDs recently. So congratulations to him. But the. I believe it was the Knoxville Regional Championship. The only reason why he won was because we gave him mini Oreos. Um, it was like mini Oreo bites. And he won that regional just because we gave it to him. I, I think, you know, I don't know the science behind it, but, you know, we were passing snacks out at uh, Knoxville and like just asking every player like, hey, do you need a snack or whatever? Because like we had extras, we didn't want to throw them away. And we're like, you know, just give it back to the community. So we gave uh, Andrew Hedrick some uh, mini Oreos and that's why he won the regional that day. That that definitely seems um, pretty likely. <laughs> it's so, legit. Yeah, yeah, I like it. I like it. That seems legit. <laughs> um, as we um, start to wind down at the end of this conversation, um, I do want to kind of see if you have any shout outs. Um, I mean, you've already, you know, you've listed so many names and kind of, it's been like a massive shout out this entire conversation. <laughs> this whole thing which, is which a shout great. out, yeah. Um, do you have anyone else in particular you want to uh, to emphasize their support? Um, any places that people can find you? Any events that they can say hi to you? Um, and anything else that you think we might have missed before we start uh, wrapping up? Yeah, for sure. Um, so I won't say names. I'm just going to say like shout out to like the Discord testing squad and like the DEFCON Inc server. 
Um, that's where we do like webcam testing. That's where we theory all the time. So we do that. Shout out to my team, Nerd Rage Gaming and Buffalo Grove. Um, we have one Ks. We have League Cups or hopefully League Cup soon. Uh, we didn't schedule them yet. Hope and then like League challenges, but like go to Nerd Rage if you're in the Chicagoland area. So shout out Nerd Rage. Um, shout out team like the TGS in Tinley Park. That's my local game store. So like I play there too. You know, I don't think just because like I play for Nerd Rage that I should be like that's the only store you should go to. Like. Nerd Rage wants other people to just go to Chicagoland events, you know, so we're super happy for that. So, you know, go to TGS if you're ever in Tinley Park. I might be there. Um, might be at Nerd Rage, you know. Um, shout out to, oh my goodness, my number one fan, you know, you know who you are. Shout out to, I don't know, just like everyone who's just like a positive influence in the community. Like, I'm super happy just to like see everyone just because like it makes an enjoyable experience at a regional or a tournament if like everyone's nice. Rather than like, oh, this person like rule shark me or whatever. Um, just like don't be a jerk to your opponents. You know, I could just say that. Um shout out to all the people who coach on Metify. If you need coaching, go to them. Um, you know, just like interview them first and say, like, how can you help me? Because this is what I need help with, you know. Um, shout out to Roth for having me on the podcast today. You know, you're doing a great job with it and I like listening to it every week, so it's uh, kinda crazy that I'm on it today, but <laughs> You know, it's pretty nice to I appreciate it. be on it. Yeah, dude. So, you know, if you're ever in the Chicagoland area, like, it is pretty stacked. So, you know, come out here, play in the tournament. Um, Andrew Hedrico's there, uh, Dalton Cross. Like, a lot of players from Iowa, a lot of players from Wisconsin, Indiana, Ohio. Like, just a lot of people come to our events just because, like, there's a ton of things to go to. Uh, Jake Gearhart, M. Taylor. Like, there's so many names that come here um, from out of town just because, like, either they go to school here now or, like, you know, they're just playing at a higher level of competition than, you know, middle of nowhere, I don't know, like Nebraska or whatever. Not to shout out, not to call anyone out, but, you know, it's like our League Cups are not, you know, eight people with two rounds or three rounds. You know, our League Cups are like six or seven rounds. The Top Cut Store is having a uh, League Challenge this upcoming weekend. Their last one was six rounds which is insane for a challenge but then you're, you're seeing like four or five round league cups so just for some perspective on how you know stacked chicago can get i mean you have like 50 people coming out for 15 cp a league challenge yeah <laughs> like a 5-1 bubbled and got top eight at that instead of getting top four so like our events are pretty stacked comparatively to other areas so i just i love being a part of the chicago land area because like it's not, you know, every round's not a buy when you come here. You know, you got to work your way up. So it's just, it's nice being a part of the community here for sure. Definitely. And, you know, for new players, um, like as I was just a few years ago, like you can definitely be a trial by fire. You kind of get smashed, but um, everyone's also super friendly and you're able to kind of make those connections, like you said, and meet those people who can help you grow a ton. So it's uh, yeah, yeah. Shout out to shout out to the Chicago area. You know, if uh... we're for sure like always able to talk. Like everyone here is like easily approachable. You know, or like ninety five percent of the people here are e easily approachable. Like you can always go to someone and be like, "Hey, can you help me with my deck?" Or like, "Oh, can I get your info so we can talk about Pokemon later?" Like, I can't promise anything immediately, but like, there's always someone in the room who's willing to help. So you know, that's the good part about these events. Um, in other areas, you just you might not find that. So like. You know, in Chicago, a lot of people are welcoming. Like, we have a lot of players who are just here to, like, make the experience a lot better for players. Mostly Matt, though. Matt's awesome. Definitely. 
And finally, where can people find you if they want to reach out to you? I don't think you use Twitter much very often, do you? Yeah, I deleted my Twitter. I was just on it too much. And like, I don't know, Twitter's not as enjoyable as like, I'm on Facebook. So I'm like a little bit of a boomer. So just add me on Facebook there. Uh, Moitis, there's like two accounts. One's until I get verified on like Verbank City Pokemart. So like, I don't use it, but like, the one that has me with a Nerd Rage uh, jersey, that's the one I use. So just add me there, message me, whatever it may be. Um, yeah, I have things for sale like every other week. So <laughs> catch me on uh, Verbank City Pokemon too. For sure. All right. Mo, thank you so much for the conversation. I really appreciated it. I hope you have a great day and good luck at the uh, the challenge tomorrow. <laughs> thank you, Roth. I'll do my best. And uh, sure. let's hope Guardy gets me there in best of one. Hell yeah. Have a good one. You too. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in, and thank you to Mo for being so generous with his time. I hope you enjoyed our conversation. If you're interested in hearing more conversations like this one, please consider giving the podcast a follow, review, or rating wherever you're listening. If you want to follow us on social media, you can follow the podcast on Twitter at MemCapPodcast. Or if you want to see me post about my own TCG experiences, you can follow me on Twitter at RZGladys. Hope you have a great day, and thank you for listening.